Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday <laughs> in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, assistant sports editor for multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined today by sports columnist Paul Zeiss for our weekly Zeiss is Right video. Uh, sponsored today by Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Paul, how are you today? Uh, I'm good, man. I can't complain. It seems like it's been a the, the weather's back under control. We can uh, stop panicking about it being 90 degrees. I know, right? It's it's finally down to a nice, comfortable in the 60s every night. It's it's real nice. Uh, Paul, I want to get right into it with the Steelers with you today. We're a week into training camp, and the Steelers can do no wrong. Everyone in camp looks great. Everyone looks wonderful. We're in that honeymoon period here, Paul, where, um, you know, the hype seems to start to get a little bit out of control. You don't hear about anyone who's doing poorly, only who's doing well. Uh, I just want to ask you, is there anything that's coming out of Latrobe so far that sounds too good to be true to you? We have a lot of praise for the inside linebackers. We've got praise for Joey Porter Jr., praise for Broderick Jones. Um, you know, there's, there's praise all around. Is there anything that, that you're a little skeptical of, you know, that once they actually start playing games, it's going to look a little bit different than it does on the practice field? Well, I mean, the offense in general, Adam, the offense, in general, and I don't know how anybody can feel good about the offense until we see it start to play in live games. You know, I mean, I want to listen, I'm, I'm, I'm as big of a Kenny Pickett supporter, and I want him to do well. I want him to be the star that we think he can be. I'm as big a, uh, on that bandwagon as – but he hasn't proven it yet in games. I mean, people are talking about, oh, well, you know, uh, what was it, the, the Ravens game or whatever it was where he led the drive. And, wow, that's – you know, it, yeah, it could be things to come, but I, I would be willing to bet that if you go through and, and go through – the careers of a whole bunch of journeymen, mediocre-type quarterbacks, you could probably find a few moments in their, in their highlight tapes where they showed they could be the man, uh, which is why they were able to have a five- or eight- or ten-year career, right? Because they uh, proved a couple of times, and then every coach thinks, boy, that's the flash that we, uh, we want to capture. We can get that. We know we can get that. I mean, again, until he does it week after week after week after week after week, and proves he can do it. I, I don't know how people can, you know, have all of this, uh, uh, you know, blind faith that it's going to, you know, ma- magically he's going to be the guy. I think he will, but I don't know that. Uh, and we won't know that. Uh, also, with Broderick Jones and with, uh, you know, the rest of the offensive line. Okay. you A couple of uh, 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 padded periods in practice is not the same as a game. 
And so when I look at it like that, I just say, basically, I mean, I have to see this happen. Uh, I have to see. And and on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, Joey Porter Jr., he's a very talented guy. Let's see what happens when he's playing against receivers who are NFL-caliber receivers. The other thing is they just went out and got K1 Alexander. Has anyone stopped to ask why they felt the need to go get another inside linebacker? I mean, if these guys were tearing it up like we hear they are, why exactly did you go out and get another guy at that position? And and, and I think the answer is pretty clear. They they obviously you want depth, but they have depth. Um, they probably are starting to get concerned about one or both of the guys they brought in. So uh, to me, I agree with you. When I hear people talk about camp and talk about how great they are and everything else, I'm just like, it's camp. Uh, by the same token. I look at it like this. They're probably not as good as Kansas City, Buffalo, right? It remains to be seen if they're as good as Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, the Browns if Deshaun Watson's playing well, and the Bengals, right? I don't think they're as good as Jacksonville. That's six teams right there. You know, the Chargers are probably better. That's seven. I think the Jets might be better. You know, they had a great defense last year. Now they have an offense. So, um it's not just about how good you think this team is. How good are the teams that they have to compete with out there in the AFC? And, and to me, that is the larger question. Uh, and one that won't be a- answered until we start to see the game start. Uh, but you're right. The, 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 the camp has started. You would think this team's going to go 17-0. and 0. Kenny Pickett's going to go. Uh, he's going to throw for 5,050 touchdowns. Uh, you know, but Najee Harris is going to run for 1,820 touchdowns. The defense is going to pitch nine shutouts. You'd think that's what's going to happen just based on listening to what people are reporting and talking about coming out of camp. Paul, I want to pull up that offense thread a little bit. One of the biggest questions that Jerry Dulac got in his weekly chat this week, and I'll include the link to that down in the description, is uh, throws to the middle of the field. We didn't see a ton of it last season. I think it was a big weakness for the Steelers' offense. And Jerry's observation so far has been that they're not throwing a ton to the middle of the field. The guys like Allen Robinson, uh, Calvin Austin III, Pat Fryermuth, they're not getting the extra attention that I think a lot of Steelers fans want them to see. Is that a concern for you, uh, considering how this offense looked last year and considering you know what you're saying is you have to see it work first for you to believe in it? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is you've got Pat Fryermuth. You've, you've probably now got Allen Robinson. Uh, you've got, who knows, maybe Darnell Washington. But you've got some options in the middle of the field. Uh, even Najee Harris out of the backfield a little bit. I, I, I would say that, you know, they can, they can use the middle of the field. Uh, they've got the, the players to do it. I just don't know that necessarily the way the offense is designed, that there's a lot of plays that go to, into the middle of the field where you would think, uh, now, they started to do it a little bit more later in the season last year than they did earlier in the season, so maybe that's something they'll build on. But if you look at how the offense is built and designed, I mean, Adam, it's it's really built to sort of keep the middle open for running lanes and get the ball down the field on the outside of the field um, and so and get the ball to people in space out of, you know, in the perimeter. Uh, that's kind of how the offense is designed. But – I think that they could exploit the middle of the field a little bit more than they do. 
uh, Jerry Dulac, you know, again, we're talking about camp. We're talking about, you know, training camp where they're not going to show a ton, um, you know, especially early on. They're not going to show a ton of what the offense really is and, 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 and some of the wrinkles that they're going to add. So uh, I would say it's very early. It's something they're able to do, but but Adam, if you look at Matt Canada's history, it's not something his offense is designed to really take take advantage of and exploit. I want to ask you about a thought another one of our colleagues, Joe Starkey, expressed in a column, um, I believe it was today, uh, Wednesday when we're recording this, that he thinks the Steelers should win 11 games. And he, this was not based on, on training camp hype, so I don't want to necessarily connect Joe to the people that are overhyping um, you know, the Steelers, his, his thought was more, he expects Kenny Pickett to be better. He expects TJ Watt to be healthy and he expects the schedule to be pretty light considering the, the Steelers are drawing some bad teams or teams that should be bad. Do you think that that's a reasonable win total, Paul, or, or are you looking at something less than that in terms of expectations for this team? I, I guess I'm just trying to get a picture of where you think 11 wins fits on the spectrum of, of where expectations should be versus, you know, when are they starting to get out of hand? All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm gonna leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount terms and conditions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Well, they had nine. They had nine wins last year, so we're talking about a two-win improvement. And if you consider the beginning of the year, they were, you know, messing around with quarterback issues and all the other stuff. And what were they like, two and six or two and five or something? Or, you know, I, I think it's reasonable. But again, I think it might be a little too much. I, I, I ten to me seems to be the the number that I have is sort of their peak. Uh, ten seems to be reasonable. It's enough of an improvement over last year. Um, but again, I, I have to see this team play. Uh, there's so many things you could like about this team, right? But I have to see the play before I decide whether or not, um, you know, the, for instance, the offensive line, like we talked about, or Kenny Pickett or this or that, or the other thing I look at the schedule. I think the AFC North is going to be a, br- a brutal grind for them. It wouldn't shock me if they go two and four in those games. And if they go two and four in those games, I think it's going to be tough to get to 11 wins. I really do. Um, and so, you know, obviously they're not going to lose every one of their games, but they've got a number of games like against San Francisco and, and really good teams. You know, if you go two and four, I mean, you're basically only talking about you need to lose three of those other toss up games and you're at seven losses. So to me, I, I think 10 and seven is probably the most reasonable number. Uh, that I've heard 10 and seven. I think 11 and six is a little too much. Nine and eight, probably not quite enough. 
Yeah, I think Joe's idea was that they split the games in the division. Um, and I, I agree with you. I don't think that that's a necessarily easy thing to do. It sounds easy, but I, I don't think it, it, it is given what's and given the firepower some of these other division rivals have. And he thinks that they're going to steal a game somewhere, maybe like a Green Bay at home. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that number holds up. Paul, we're going to move into the Pirates here in a second. Before we do, just wanted to give a shout out to Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um, there's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Thank them, as always, for sponsoring all of our Steelers coverage this season. Uh, Paul, I want to move into the Pirates. The trade deadline just passed. You wrote a column uh, that was published, I believe, Wednesday, saying that you're feeling optimistic about this team's future now that they've moved on from some of these these veteran guys who in some cases were pulling their weight, in some cases were not. Can you expound on, on your thoughts on why you're optimistic about the Pirates, you know, maybe related to the trade deadline, but maybe not related to that at all? Well, my thoughts about the trade deadline is very simple. They, you know, what did they get rid of? You know, they offloaded some guys. It, it wasn't like this full scale, you know, fire sale that some people wanted to make it out to be. I mean, they basically offloaded some guys to make room for some other guys. Um, but I look at them at this team, and I look around, and I say this. They've got a couple of really good options at second base, young guys, you know, who are going to be around for a long time, regardless of which way you want to, you know, tell me who it is that you think is going to emerge. I think I picked Nick Gonzalez. It could be somebody else uh, because there's a few options there. O'Neill Cruz at short. Cabrian Hayes at third. You've got, you know, an outfield now that looks like Davis, Sawinski, and, and Reynolds. Um, I'm not sure that that's the best defensive outfield you could put out there, but it's not terrible defensively. And the other thing is I think they could be really, really productive, you know, at the plate. And they're both, you know, all three of them are going to be around for a while. Um, Andy Rodriguez behind the plate. So, I mean, you basically you, – you've got what looks like – a roster that can be in place for the next four years, three, four years, right? Um, with reasonably good options, not superstars at every place, but reasonably good major league options at every position, except for one. And this is where it becomes a little bit foggy for me. Okay. Who's going to play first? Who's going to play first base? And my thing with that is, that will tell me every single thing I need to know about whether or not they're serious about winning next year. Do they go out and get a real first baseman? I don't want to hear about some Connor Joe-like project that they're going to just throw in there. Some veteran who's over the hill like a, another Carlos Santana, you know, because then they, if that's the case, they should have just kept Carlos Santana around. But to me, if, are you really serious about winning? If you are, you're going to go out and you're going to get a first baseman you're going to, you know, if it costs you a little bit of money to do it, you're going to do that. But you're going to make sure that you have a legitimate option at first and somebody who can be productive at the plate. I'm not saying you got to go get a 40 home run guy, but it can't be just one of these guys who, well, you know, he's, you know, he's a journeyman veteran guy. He's good in the clubhouse. You know, he's this and that and the other thing. It's got to be a legitimate option. But you go from there, you've got Oviedo, you've got, uh, uh, Mitch Keller, 
and you've got Quinn Priester. I mean, it feels like that's the start of a reasonably decent pitching staff, right? You hope you throw Paul Skeens in there, and then you're basically one guy away, and maybe that one guy is Ronzi Contreras, you know, who goes and sees a witch doctor or something in the offseason and, and, and comes back and remembers how to pitch. So to me, you know, it's all kind of there. There's a structure. There's a foundation. I'm not saying they're, you know, ready to win the World Series. I'm not saying that they are uh, the best team even in their division. But I do think I can actually see a structure now. I can actually see some semblance of a plan coming together. Um, now, again, they've got to finish the job, which is go get a first baseman. Beef up the bullpen a little bit. Go find one more starter. Okay, you do that. Maybe they have a shot next year to uh, get to uh, you know uh, contention and maybe even win a wild card. But let me say this, Adam. If they don't win 81 games or more next year, 81 has to be the standard. That really does. If they don't put together a team next year that can win more games than it loses, then it is a complete failure. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear about 77 wins or 78 wins and we were close and all that stuff. You got This is year five you're going into, and, and, and you've kind of you know did all of the stuff where you've cut a, a lot of the fat out, and now you've got your team and your roster. Uh, now go win. Paul, I want to pull up that first base thread a little bit because the thing I wrote this morning was I do my monthly analytics trends, and Henry Davis, believe it or not, is below replacement level as a, as a player, as a total thing, um, because primarily because his defense in right field has been measured poorly by the metrics. I think he's two, two run, defensive runs saved to the negative. I think two uh, fielding runs above average to the negative, which over a season wouldn't be a big deal, but that's trending toward being like 8-10 runs below average in those categories over the course of a full season. That's disastrous, Paul. That's that's not good enough. Do you look at Henry Davis as a possible solution to that first base question, just given that it does not seem like the uptake at, you know, at, in right field is working, and now you, you don't have guys blocking him there, and you don't have Austin Hedges blocking him behind the plate, so maybe he's doing some kind of catching first base timeshare. Uh, I would, I would say, I would have no problem with that to be honest. If if that's what they decide, uh, but again, if that's what they're going to decide, why not do it now? Like, why, why, why have Connor Joe taking reps at first base when he's not going to be around? You know, if Henry Davis is somebody that they're looking at as an option there, put him there now in a lost season. Let him make his mistakes and get his experience and get better. I mean, that's what this is about these next two months. Uh, but it seems like they want to see if he can get better in right field. Um, I, I don't like, I don't think he's a good enough defensive player to, to have him, you know, pull between positions. You want to tell me maybe he's a right field first base combo guy. I'm, I'm not sure I would love that, but certainly not catcher first base or catcher right field. Um, I, I, I fully believe that they need to go get, <laughs> dare I say it, they need to go get another Austin Hedges type next year to be their backup catcher. So they have a backup catcher. Uh, and then um, let Andy Rodriguez just be your full-time catcher. Figure out what's best for Henry Davis in terms of how can you best use him in the field. If it's at first base, that's fine. Because I do think they have some other options in, you know, in, in the outfield more so than they do at first base. Um, if it's at first base, that's fine. 
but to me, uh, I, 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 everything I've read about him, everything I've talked to people about him, uh, he's just never going to be a good catcher. So there's no reason in the world even to, 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 to play around with that. Get him in a position where he can really learn every day and hopefully get better every day at whatever position he settles in. But I wouldn't hate it at first base. Paul, before I get to some college football realignment talk, I wanted to ask you real quick about your thoughts on David Bednar and Mitch Keller staying. I think you were pretty interested in seeing what they could get for David Bednar. Um, in particular, I think you were willing to listen on t- in terms of Mitch Keller. Both of those guys end up staying. What are your thoughts on on that topic? And, and do you think the Pirates made the right move to keep those guys if they weren't blown away by the offers? Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, if, if the thing is, if they don't if they don't sign Keller now to an extension, then this is ridiculously stupid. And from what Jason Mackey was talking about the other day, it sounds like they're miles apart in in, in number. Which means if they don't come up with an extension, they're probably going to trade him in the off season. If they trade him in the off season, every single person should be fired in that place because it's just silly. Uh, you know, I mean, I just don't get it. I don't understand what they're doing. They kept him. Now pay the guy. Give him an extension. Pay the guy so you know that you have him for the next four or five years. Um, and he's in, and theoretically going to be a big part of your rotation. As for Bednar again, Adam, I've always said a closer's value most of the time for a bad team is not is is, is not is, is as a trade piece. So now they kept him. They must think they're going to win next year. But if next year at this time, you know, they're losing again. And they trade him next year, then it, then you know it, it'll be silly because his value will be a little less. He'll have a little bit more mileage on his arm, and he'll have a little bit less control on his contract. And and so um, to me, I'm okay with it if it works out, and they and, and they are committed to keeping both of these guys as a big part of their future. Uh, but boy, if they go and and if they if they don't give Mitch Keller an extension, then I think what they did at the trade deadline is silly. Paul, I mentioned the college realignment talks. Colorado looks like it's heading to the Big 12 here. Looks like other schools from the Big 12 are looking for the life raft. We got the news early this week that the television contract that uh, the Pac-12 commissioner presented to those schools was basically an Apple TV Plus deal, (laughs) substantially less than the Big 12. No one wants to put this conference on television, and yet it's everywhere. No one wants to talk about anything else than the Pac-12, you got all these guys on Twitter making up all these rumors that I don't think any of them have turned out to be true until, you know, maybe 5% of the stuff that gets thrown out there ends up playing out that way. Uh, Paul, where are we headed with this? Is the Pac-12 done? 
And is that going to be is it going to be done by the end of the summer, or is this maybe going to take a year to play out? If the Arizona, Utah, Arizona State to the Big Twelve rumor is true, then yes, the Pac twelve is officially over. That's the only one that really is to me the, the final straw. Although there's a new one now, Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. Um, but if either of those two things happen, the Pac-12, as we know it, is is officially over. Uh, you know, they're talking about backfilling with UNLV and SMU and some of these teams like that. It reminds me of when I covered the Big East, when I covered Pitt and I covered the Big East, you know, and they were losing Virginia Tech and Miami and Boston College. And, and, and then there was like basically, let's just sit here with a dartboard and basically throw a darts at every you know unaffiliated school or school in a smaller conference, you know, Central Florida, Tulane, Tulsa, this that. It was like uh, even even Bob Huggins made fun of that whole uh, idea. Okay, basically we're going to take all of these teams, uh, none of which bring real value to back to us, and this is going to save our conference. So uh, to me, I would watch Arizona. If the Arizona Arizona State Utah thing happens, then the Pac-12 is over, and that actually would be a good thing. The Big Ten should take Oregon and Washington, right? Maybe even Stanford and Cal because they fit with the Big Ten as well. Uh, you would give yourself, uh, you know, you'd give yourself and you use USC and UCLA some natural geographic rivals. You'd really expand your 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 footprint, you know, to really cover the entire you know Midwest and West. Um, so I just say. Whenever it comes to this conference realignment, I always treat it the same way I treat coaching searches, which is everybody is lying until it's a done deal. Everybody is lying. Uh, but it would be the best thing for college sports if they got to four mega conferences with about 80 teams and four conferences and then tried to redo, you know, the college football playoff. And, 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 and I would even say break away, break away from the NCAA, create your own league. Um, that, that to me is, I think where it should all head, at least for college football, college athletics in general, you know, I, I think basketball, I think everything else should all remain under the umbrella of the uh, NCAA, but football is a different animal altogether. And it's grown such a life of its own. It almost feels like that's where it's headed. Paul, I loved your references to the Big East. I love how the, the now AAC, which was mostly the old Big East members that were left over after everyone left, is basically what Conference USA was before, you know, before the whole Big East reorganization yeah. or whatever. It feels like that's the direction. If there is a Pac-12 anymore, that that's what's going to remain is something that looks more like the Mountain West than than the Pac-12. Um, I'll get you out of here on this, Paul. You mentioned Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. The Big Ten has seemed hesitant to scoop those, those schools up, though. They could have had them a year ago. They could have brought them in with US, USC and UCLA if they really wanted to. Do you think they're going to end up providing enough value to that league to be added? Or do you think you know they could be ending up in a, in a Big 12 that, that now is maybe rivaling the ACC in terms of what, what's going to be the third-tier league once everything shakes out here? Well, um, you know, I think that the Big Ten is being smart because they have to make sure that they can maintain the amount of money per school, right, to make it worth their while. So they're probably being smart and cautious. Um, I think the Big 12 should be the garbage collector, to be honest. And, and if you ask me, <coughs> there's this other rumor about Florida State and Clemson now going to the Big 10. I, I mean, 
the big th- the thing with that is Florida State and Clemson. It's not as easy to get out of the ACC as some of the other schools because of the uh, grant of rights deal and all the other stuff. So again, I just everybody's lying. But to answer your question, I think Oregon and Washington could be good partners for the Big Ten. I think big the Big Ten needs to figure out if they are going to be worth it financially because you got to cut the pie a little bit, you know. So do are they going to bring the amount of money that you're going to cut the pie two more ways? Uh, but either way. You made a really good point. If I'm the Big 12, I'm trying to scoop them all up because that's how you sustain yourself. In fact, I'm the, if I'm the Big 12, I'm angry that I, I went and got Cincinnati and Houston and all these other schools because I maybe would have been able to, if I'd have waited a year, really load up my conference with all a, a, a bunch of power schools from the Pac-12 and said, hey, let's merge. So, uh, like I said, Adam, it's all going to be so much fun to watch how it all you know sort of plays out. All right, Paul. Well, that's all I had for you this week. Any final thoughts? No, I appreciate it. I really do. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, we'll do it again next week. Next week, uh, we'll be talking about, I think uh, I think all the colleges are in camps too, so we'll be talking about how all of those teams are going 12-0. I'm, yeah, I'm sure they're going to be. I'm sure they're all <laughs> going to be great. There will be nothing bad happening at Pitt, Penn State, or West Virginia. They're, Penn State and West Virginia will both win that opening game. It'll be a feat of uh, genius, but – Paul, thanks for joining me, and we will talk to you again next week. All right. Sounds good, Adam. Thank you for having me. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you liked the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you enjoyed it on Apple Podcasts, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down in the description.